Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now today, the Monday edition, coming off a big weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll take a minute to tell you that uh, some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Now open for lunch Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. Ruth's Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Rebecca and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. We've got John Shannon on the line. Just before I get to him, though, uh, a text coming across the Heartland Ford text line says, uh, and this is out of Grand Prairie, hearing lots of rumors, heard a Boston guy uh, was at Rogers Place yesterday. Why? I can confirm this much. John uh, Don Sweeney, the GM of the Boston Bruins, was there last night. I have absolutely no idea why. I'm certainly not on Bob's level of privy to that kind of thing, but uh, he was in the building, so whatever that means, I'm not sure. Now, our regular Monday guest, John Shannon, is on the line. The third time we've uh, had to do this. John, how are you doing today? Good, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So uh, did you get to catch any of the action over the weekend, the big 7-2 win or perhaps the one nothing shutout last night? Well, thanks for watching. I was there Friday night. You were there, weren't you? We uh, were yeah. down there underneath together, yeah. too. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, no, I, I caught both games, absolutely. And what are your thoughts? I mean, Hitchcock hockey continues. They get the offensive outburst, which is something they've been seriously lacking on uh, Friday night. And then Sunday was more of the traditional Hitchcock game, but either way, they're getting wins out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you look at uh, seven, two, and one. Everybody's got to be uh, happy, relieved, uh, maybe even a little surprised. I don't even think Ken Hitchcock would have thought his team would be this good uh, in ten games. Uh, but you know, let's face it; they've gotten goaltending for the most part, and that's the biggest issue that most teams have: is if you don't have quality goaltending, you're not going to win games. So the goaltending has made a difference, that's for sure. Um, and, and then overall, I think that when you're looking at this team has always been in dire need of secondary scoring and secondary help, and guys like Juju Arcara and Zach Cassian and uh, the likes have and have really 
uh, pulled up a little bit of the slack uh, so that uh, Chase on Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and McDavid aren't under the gun all the time. I'm curious going forward, because they're running right now with essentially a two-goalie system. Both goaltenders are putting up really good numbers in this system. Is the success of the goaltenders due to the system that has been put in place under Ken Hitchcock, in your opinion? Because you look at St. Louis, you look at Philadelphia, these teams where they're bouncing back and forth, they don't really have a a definite starter, and that seems to be a problem for the goaltenders. Not here, though. Well, I mean, I I think... I mean, I think if you want a one-and-one-A, and and, uh, Hitchcock has always maintained you need two quality goaltenders in the Western Conference, uh, particularly with travel and you know, maybe even heavy travel with back-to-back. So you're going to need you're going to need two two goaltenders. Uh, and I, I, might I just suggest at this time of year, and with this team, that uh, probably shouldn't be a little too critical of the goaltending because when Cam Talbot wasn't playing very well, there was a real concern that Miko Koskinen couldn't do it. And as well as Koskinen's played, it's a bit of a relief that now that Talbot is playing as well as he is. Given that both goaltenders are coming up on expiring contracts here pretty soon, um, do you think that... How do they go about solidifying this situation beyond this year, in your opinion? And maybe maybe when as well. I think they have to make a decision on both of them long term. Um, They have to figure out whether they want to keep both of them, keep one of them. Uh, I would suggest that they're going to try to certainly keep one of them. And then, you know, then becomes the question of how much do you want to pay for two goaltenders? I mean, if you look around the National Hockey League, uh, the cost of two goalies of, of, uh, of quality might have to be around $10 million dollars. Uh, and right now, between the two of them, they make, uh, if my math's correct, just under seven. So it becomes a cap issue as well, and not just uh, how many goalies do we want to carry. So the question becomes, is: are you going to be able to keep both of these guys happy in the same realm of dollars that they're making now? One would suggest that Cam Talbot might be happy and uh, that Miko Koskinen might want more. So... And I don't know anything other than just being using a bit of common sense of knowing how well the guys have played or if they enjoy staying in Edmonton and playing in Edmonton. So that becomes a, it becomes a cap issue, Brendan, almost as much as anything else. And uh, for now, a good problem to have, the way I look at it. 7-2-1 under Hitchcock. This is John Shannon joining Brendan Escott on Oilers Now, by the way. 7-2-1 under Ken Hitchcock, when when can we say that this is legit? Is Are we going to have to see this team go into Colorado and Winnipeg and win a couple of tough games before we can really put some stock into what's going on here? Yeah, I, I mean, the guy who seems to be as cautious as anybody is Hitchcock. He's the one that's not trying to, to get... get be over the top. He's trying to stay in control and trying to make sure that everybody understands what he's trying to do with, I would assume because of the uh, optional practice today, that he'll say he's only had three or four quality practices since he took over the team. Um, But when you look at the the Calgary game last night, 
when you look at Colorado tomorrow, Winnipeg on Thursday, and then home to Philadelphia on Friday, uh, I, I think that if we're getting close to those the end of the week and we're looking at a team that's won two of these three games, then you have to look at yourself and say, hey, that's, they've done something that's, uh, that's uh, pretty pretty uh, exciting for hockey fans in northern Alberta. Uh, the, the problem becomes, Brandon, is as much as you're winning, you're still not in the playoff spot because other teams are winning too. So the goal isn't just a winning record. The goal is to make the playoffs, and that's going to be the big challenge. It's a good year to have a chance at making the playoffs. The problem with that is everybody seems to have a chance at making the playoffs. Now, Avalanche 17-8-5, Winnipeg 18-9-2. A couple of real tough tests, as we mentioned, coming up on the road. We saw what the team is capable of the last time they were in Winnipeg. Do you think that with the team playing right now the way that it is, that they can hold the high-powered offense that we're going to see out of Colorado or we know what Winnipeg's capable of again? Are we going to see this system be able to hold up against a couple of really true offensive tests that way? Well, I think I, I, I expect much more of what we saw last night against Calgary. Um, you know, the Calgary Flames are the only team in the NHL with four 30-point goal uh, points Sneakers. So, uh, and the Oilers did a good job of shutting them down. Although there were times with the ebb and flow that you wondered it was it, was it going to be just inevitable that Calgary scored. So, from that perspective, uh, I think you're going to see a much of much of the same and the aggressive style and a box and one style offense or defense for for Hitchcock's team to to control the uh, the high powered teams that are Colorado and are. Winnipeg. The one thing I would tell you is is that Colorado probably is a little more aggressive with its defensemen than Winnipeg is, and probably was certainly more aggressive uh, than the Flames are without Giordano last night. So that's going to have to be the question mark: is how do you keep guys like Sam Girard and Tyson Berry, Eric Johnson? Uh, how do you keep them in check? Because you're going to you're going to be focused so much on the big line. Am I crazy to say that Edmonton and Colorado are kind of similar in terms of roster makeup where it seems that you know, the top line is phenomenal and then it dips a little bit in the bottom six and same can be said for the back end where you've got two reasonably good sets of defenders and a couple of uh, tweeners, if you will. And uh, I look at both teams and think that it's similar, although Colorado has been uh, scoring at a much higher clip. Well, let me ask you this one: if you, if you, if, Whose roster would you trade for? If you if, would you, if you had to choose between the Oiler roster or the Avalanche roster, which roster would you like more? That's a that's honestly a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with any roster that's got Connor McDavid on it personally. Although you can uh, make an argument that McKinnon's right up there in the top three best players in the league, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I think. As, as great as Connor is and Dreisaitl is trying to be, when you can put McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog on the ice at the same time. The one thing, I, I, I'm impressed. I am certainly impressed with the line. I'm, I really am impressed with the Colorado blue line. I, I just I, I like their ability to move the puck up the ice. And uh, I, I think where the question mark becomes is, you know, between Grubauer and Varlamov, 
right now, how do you feel they're playing? I saw them play Tampa Saturday night, and, uh, you know, the, the, the lightning just chewed Barlam off up in beating them 7-1. to one. So from that perspective, you have to wonder uh, who right now has the advantage in goal. Uh, by namesake, you might think that Barlamov and Grubov would be better than Talbot and Koskinen, but I don't think necessarily think that's the case right now. It's an eerily similar situation in goal, too, now that I think about it. This is John Shannon chatting with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now. Uh, John, St. Louis, we'll shift gears here briefly. St. Louis got thumped by Vancouver 6-1 over the weekend, and I am blown away by how poorly this roster is performing in St. Louis. They just waved their backup goaltender, Chad Johnson, and it's a roster with Tarasenko, and I know Petrangelo's hurt, but he's there, and O'Reilly and Shen, and what is going on down there? Well, they expected, they expected, and maybe they, uh, they didn't think that they would, but they expected their centers to be the driving force with this team, and they thought at, at as the season started, that they might be the deepest team at center in the National Hockey League. Uh, when you think that you had Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, Tyler Bozak, and Robert Thomas, who was there, you know, was a phenom in the in the OHL last year and took his team to the Memorial Cup tournament, and uh, but has not really panned out much this year. They they really like their depth. You're right about Tarasenko; he's been a disappointment. Uh, Jay Bomeister's a little long in the tooth now. Uh, Jake Allen, who uh, passed Glenn Hall on the winning list for the uh, Blues last weekend, um, is always so darn inconsistent. So from in, in so many ways, um, I would tell you, we've seen teams where they've, they've excelled in the regular season because everybody's had a career year. It might be the exact opposite in St. Louis that everybody has played well below expectation. Um, and and that's put uh, Doug Armstrong in a tough spot. He fired the coach. It puts Craig Berube in a tough spot. And you have to wonder, they talked about Berube maybe being able to earn the head coaching job. Will Doug Armstrong be more aggressive between now and the end of the regular season and finding a new head coach? They've got enough talent on that roster that it shouldn't even have needed a coaching change the way I look at it. One final uh, question for you here, John. It seems that every time I tune into some sort of an online sports forum, there's questions whether Austin Matthews is going to get offer sheeted. Now, theoretically, Arizona would be the team to do that, I would think, with the hometown connection. They've got so many young assets stockpiled. You think they might be able to cough up what's going to be a huge ransom in terms of draft picks if they do that, but... Is this, as we go forward and seeing what just happened with William Nylander and the money he commanded, is this growing more and more likely? Well, really the only group that can decide whether he gets an offer sheet now in in, in stages is Austin Matthews and his agent at at Wasserman Orr Group. Um, And if they just hold out and wait and wait and wait till July 1st, if he gets to July 1st, uh, then I, I mean, I've said this on primetime sports on, uh, on Sportsnet all season long. If, if Austin Matthews is available to you and you have the cap space and you have the draft picks available, you should offer sheet him. It's, I mean, you're, because he's not an 18 year old draft pick question mark anymore. This guy is a proven professional. He has, 
unbelievable skill. In my mind, if he stays with the Maple Leafs, he will be viewed as the greatest Maple Leaf of all time in 10 years. So why not take the chance? Uh, the worst of offer sheets doesn't happen very often in the NHL, but this is one where I, 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 I think you could actually change the direction and change the course of your franchise if you are able to offer sheet him and get the player. To me, it's a, to me if he's available and you have the cap space and you have the draft picks because it's more than it's more than Arizona that has that, then it's a no-brainer. John Shannon with the hot take. Greatest Maple Leaf of all time on that career trajectory is Austin Matthews. John, appreciate you taking the time once again today. We'll hook up soon. Okay, Brendan, maybe you'll watch me the next time I'm in Edmonton, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, John. All right, it is uh, 12.49 in Edmonton. Uh, I'm going to step aside for a minute or two. When we come back on Oilers Now, we'll get to some texts on the Heartland Ford text line. We will also get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1253 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer here on Oilers Now. We'll head off to the Heartland Ford text line briefly here because there's one that this does deserve reading, okay? The Oilers GM has texted me. And no, not Peter Shirelli. Just the handle Oilers GM. He says, this deserves a reading, Brendan. This is my text from Friday's show. And I quote, Bob, the Oilers offense is due for an outburst. 5-2 Oilers, 3 Three uh, McPoints. Let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, coming in from uh, the Oilers GM in Edmonton. Well, how about four points and a 7-2 victory? You're on to something there, Oilers GM. Appreciate you texting in. One more I wanted to read. This is from Ellen in Edmonton. He's, uh, she says that she's proud of how the Oilers didn't bite on any of the dirty crap Calgary was handing out last night. It didn't start out as if Calgary was handing out too much of the dirty stuff, and then all of a sudden, the crease of Koskinen is getting bounced around in a bit, and Bennett with that play a little later on in the game, goaltender interference. By the way, two overturned goals on home ice for Koskinen, and one of them preserves the shutout for him. So, yeah, you could make an argument that things are getting a, a little bit lucky. But he's also played incredibly well. All right, let's go to NHL Today for elite promotional marketing. More than just sportswear. There's only four games in the NHL tonight, but uh, no Canadian action. Pittsburgh is visiting the New York Islanders. Detroit hosts Los Angeles. Tampa entertains the Rangers. And New Jersey is in San Jose. The Arizona Coyotes have lost goaltender Antti Ranta to, well, he's expected to be out anyway, for the rest of the season. Following surgery on a lower body injury, that means Darcy Kemper is set to take the reins. Although 22-year-old Aiden Hill has been stellar in limited action, and they did claim Calvin Pickard off waivers from uh, Philadelphia last week. So they've got some options in there, the makings of a three-headed monster. Leafs forward Zach Hyman has been suspended two games for a late hit on Bruins D-man Charlie McAvoy. That happened in Saturday's 6-3 loss to the Boston Bruins. Elias Pettersson was named the NHL's first star of the week, registering two goals, six assists, and eight points in three games. He just keeps on rolling, doesn't he? Lightning goaltender Louis Domingue was the second star. Flames forward Johnny Goudreau was third star. 
Speaking of Lightning goaltenders, Andre Vasilevsky did skate this morning as he continues to recover from a broken foot. Thursday would mark the four-week month or four four-week mark in his four to six timeline of uh, recovery here on that broken foot. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see whether he's earlier or later in that one. St. Louis Blues, as I mentioned to John Shannon, they did place goaltender Chad Johnson on waivers today. Recalled Jordan Bennington from AHL San Antonio. Bakersfield Condors dropped both games in a weekend home and home series against the San Jose Barracuda. 4-2 on Friday, 4-0 on Saturday. It was uh, Shane Sturette in goal for both of those losses. They now host the San Diego Gulls on Friday and then uh, visit Stockton on Saturday. Condors are 11 and 10 on the year and sit fifth in the Pacific Division. And the Edmonton Oil Kings, winners of two games in a row after knocking off Kamloops 3 2 in overtime. They've got a two game road swing versus Saskatoon and Prince Albert coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. We will hear from Captain Trey Fix Wolanski a little later on in the show at 1 35. U of A Golden Bears reminder are off for the semester break. They are returning to action against the University of Manitoba. Bisons on January 4th. Back to the Heartland Ford text line we go. This comes in from uh, Dirty Mike and the boys. He says, my respect level has gone up for Milan Lucic increasingly over the over the course of this season. A lot of players would have just packed it in under similar criticism. Just wanted to give a shout out to Milan and Zach Cassian. By the way, did Matt Kachuk even play last night? I don't even think McDavid was looking at the, looking at the the wrong way. The Oilers are playing like a playoff team and a playoff type hockey. I love it. Again from Dirty Mike and the boys out of uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. Yeah, Kachuk was invisible last night for the most part. Couple little skirmishes in there, but nowhere near to the extent that he disrupted the Oilers' game plan back a couple of weeks ago. For that matter, Goudreau was pretty good when he had the puck on his stick. I didn't think he was anything special necessarily. Obviously, when he doesn't get on the score sheet, uh, he doesn't have that extra bit to his game where he's really going to shut down a guy or anything like that. Sean Monahan, who's had a tremendous uh, season for the Flames, didn't really notice him on the ice either. All right, it is uh, 12.58 in Edmonton. When we come back on Oilers Now, we're going to hear from Tim Ellis, who's the lead play-by-play voice for the World Junior A Challenge. A couple of draft-eligible prospects at that tournament, and uh, we'll see how things have been shaken down through the first couple of days. But we'll uh, do all that after a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.